Christmas miracle, a 60-minute Zion service. Let's go. That includes communion. We'll see what happens here. All right. So, so yeah. So, we'll, uh, hey, I want to also uh, just welcome home Reese Myers and his lovely wife, Leah, home from the Navy here. So, so good to see him. Looks like he's been doing his push-ups, so uh, good to have him here. All right, we've been in a series the uh, last few weeks called on the uh, Terms of the Blood Covenant. We've been continually looking back at the covenant that God made with Abraham, and he made a certain kind of covenant. The New Testament word for it is a diatheke. It's not a word that any of us use. Diatheke means there's one person who does all the parts of the covenant, and the other person, all they do is receive all the blessings of it. Okay? And so when God made into, uh, went into covenant with Abraham, um, God was the one who did all the giving. Man's job was to say, thank you, I believe it, and respond to that. Okay? So that's the kind of covenant God made. And God says, I'm going to actually make a new covenant that's going to kind of take this up a level. And so God spells out things uh, that he was going to do. These are the promises God made, and God says he will be the one responsible for fulfilling these. He says, I will be your God, and they will be my people. So that means that all of God's resources, all of who he is, when he gives us his covenant names as healer, provider, all those things, those all become available to us, and they swallow up our weaknesses. So he becomes our God, and uh, we just we become his people. We get to receive of who he is. He says, I will write my law in your heart. So no longer is these external commandments that we've got to try to keep with our willpower. God says, by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to come, and I'm going to write my law in your heart. And then I'm going to become the power to actually enable them to do those things. And so what's the law after? Loving God and loving people. So we did, we did messages on all these. And so if you're new here, this is review real quick, okay? He says, everyone, this is one of the promises of the new covenant. Every one of you will know me from the least to the greatest. And so it wasn't just the priest and the prophet who could hear from God. God says, everyone can have a personal relationship with him. And God says, I'm going to come on the inside and teach you what I'm like. Okay, that's through the Holy Spirit. And he says, I will remember your sins and iniquity no more. So we saw that forgiveness isn't something that God continues to do over and over again. It's a past event. On the cross of Jesus, he forgave your past, present, and future sins once for all. It's super good news, okay? And so uh, those are the terms of the new covenant. God says, I will take away your sin. I will write my law in your heart. Uh, I will cause you to know me. I will make myself available. I will be your God. You will be my people. Do you notice all the things that God says, I will, I will, I will? And what's our part? To say, thank you, Jesus. This belongs to me. Okay? So the, 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 the good news is not an announcement of all the things you must now do to please God. It's an announcement of what Jesus has done, and our response is to say thank you. Okay? So whenever they made a covenant, they didn't actually make a covenant, they cut a covenant. There was a shedding of blood in order for the covenant to be enforced. And at the end of it, they would have a covenant meal together. And the meal symbolized everything that had been going on. So in in, in a covenant, you've got two people becoming one. One is a lot stronger, one is a lot weaker, and they become one. And so when they had it, when they they shared the meal, they're reenacting what they've been doing, the the two becoming one. And so there uh, there was two main elements in a covenant meal. There was the bread and there was the cup of wine. We won't be using wine today for lots of different reasons, so you can be happy or sad. There we go. It'll be the cup. We'll just call it the cup today, all right? And so we don't want people going for like thirds and fourths or anything like that. Okay. And so, um, so if we're entering in a covenant, here's what happened. I would, I would break off this piece of bread, and I would feed you the piece of bread. Don't worry. We're not going to be feeding each other today, all right? This is, we'll be doing a little bit differently. But I would feed you this piece of bread, and here's the symbol, is everything that I am is now going into you. Okay, so when we're taking the new covenant, remember Jesus, he broke the bread and said, this is me, and it's going into you. And so it's a physical way of saying, aren't you glad the kids are here today? And a little extra special. Those of you watching online, you're like, it's a little extra kinetic in there. Yeah, we're giving our children's workers a break, and so uh, we're glad they're blessed are the children. 
and those who parent them. God bless them. We are, we've all had little kids at one point, so just let it rip. It's okay. Just do your best. All right. I want you guys to start thinking about communion a little bit differently, though. This isn't just like this symbolic act. This is, this is a reenactment of the covenant where Jesus is saying, I am coming on the inside of you. Um, the cup of wine, which was represented the blood of the covenant, the, the uh, Hebrews understood that the life is in the blood. So Jesus is saying, literally, my life is coming into you as you drink this cup. Okay? And so um, this is your very life coming into me. So that was, the, that was the covenant meal. There was the bread and there was the wine. And then uh, Jesus picks this up in the New Testament, and he kind of uh, brings it to a new level of understanding. So, whew, boy, I'm on a time limit. I feel like I'm doing this on a treadmill here. <laughs> I'm not used to this. And so, uh, yeah, so when I go and speak at places, sometimes they got like the countdown timer. That's kind of like, uh, that's kind of nerve-wracking. We don't have one here, but I've got my eye. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 30. This is the Apostle Paul. After Jesus has died, rose from the dead. This is the new covenant. And he's writing to a church in Corinth, and he's teaching them about the Lord's Supper, the, the covenant meal. Maybe you've heard it called Eucharist. Maybe you've heard it called communion. It's all, it's all the same thing. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 30. Paul said this, For I received from the Lord... What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, as part of the covenant meal, and we had given thanks, he broke it, and said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. So he's transforming the whole meaning of this covenant meal, now it's him that he's sharing. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink, <laughs> eat this bread... And drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know, if you're a little extra excited on some of these parts, just go ahead and amen it. Some of you already are. That's, all, that's good. There you go. That's all right. Someone who's really liking that new covenant in the blood. That's good. Verse 27. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread, I would not have been a good children's pastor, or drinks the cup of the Lord. Listen, you don't even know the message I had ready, and I'm like, this is so inappropriate for children. It was this whole, it was way too complicated. Anyway, whoever, therefore, eats this bread... Or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. And so growing up, oftentimes, boy, communion became this time of introspection. It was like, oh my goodness, if I've got any sin, if I'm taking an unworthy manner. Here's the good news. Communion is not about how bad your sins are. It's about how good Jesus' forgiveness is. He, he didn't say, do this in remembrance of your sins. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And Paul is not saying, um, and so the idea was, uh, we're going to keep reading here in a second, the, the idea where I grew up was, if you partook in an unworthy manner, there's a chance you could die. How many of you guys grew up like this? It was like, so you just became this time of searching. I don't know about you, any time I searched inside, um, I never found anything good. I never was like excited, like, like this, having this time of introspection. I'm like, you're welcome, God. You get all of this. And he's like, wow, thank you. So, no, 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 it's, it's never good when you go searching inside. He says, do this in remembrance of me. So what's it mean to eat and drink in an unworthy manner? If that's what we want to see. He didn't say, if you're unworthy, you can't eat or drink. He said, don't eat or drink in an unworthy manner. So let's look at an unworthy manner. Let's look at the next verses here, 27 through 30. Whoever therefore <laughs> eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Now he's going to explain it. Let a person examine himself then, and so to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who, drinks, who eats and drinks without discerning the body... That's what it means to eat and drink in an unworthy manner. You're not discerning the body. Eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. <clears throat> Verse 29 tells us what it means to uh, take communion in an unworthy manner. It's when you fail to understand the significance of the Lord's body 
It does no effect for you, and it's as if the judgment of sin is upon you because you're not partaking of the benefits. So what's it mean to uh, eat or drink in an unworthy manner? It doesn't mean if you've got sin in your life, you're not properly, you know, you're not perfect before the Lord. That's not what it means. It means I'm not, in an unworthy manner. It means I'm not recognizing, I'm not discerning what Jesus did for me. And when I don't understand what he did for me, it doesn't benefit me. And it's as if judgment's still upon me. How are we doing? So the Corinthians, the way they partook of an unworthy manner, if you were to read the whole context, they were supposed to be coming together to celebrate the Lord's body, body, and they were having a big party instead. And so they said some people are getting drunk, some people are pigging out, some people didn't even get a chance to eat. Paul's like, this is a hot mess. This is not what the Lord's body is about. Today, the way we probably partake in an unworthy manner is we just kind of do it out of ritual. It's like, okay, it's time for communion. This is this part of the service we do once a month, and we just kind of do it, and it does us no good, right? And so we want to learn how to take it in, uh, in a worthy manner. <clears throat> Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 29 and 30 again. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. This is pretty, inc- this is pretty incredible. There's not many places in Scripture. It's like, here's the reasons why Christians are sick and dying. Like, it's literally giving us a reason. And he's saying you're not properly discerning what Jesus did on the cross. And so communion is a time for us to get together, participate in a mysterious way in the Lord's death. It becomes real to us again, and it can be a time of healing every time we do this. Thank you, sweetheart. <clears throat> That's my wife for those of you online. I remember we had this new couple here, and Mary gave me something on stage, and I said, thanks, babe. And they're like, does he call everybody babe? <clears throat> There's only one babe in my life, all right? <clears throat> but it's pretty interesting, though. Lord, he's giving us a reason why Christians are weak and sick and prematurely die. It's when we underestimate what happened on the cross. And when we fail to properly discern, we're not claiming by faith what Jesus has done for us. It's partaking in an unworthy manner, okay? When we treat it like a common meal, we're like, oh, here's this, you know, styrofoam tasting thing, and it's like, ooh, the sour grape juice or whatever it is. And what happens? It acts like a judgment on us that we don't get the benefits because we're not seeing properly what Jesus did, okay? So what happens if we examine ourselves? So if, if, we, if, we, if we take it in an unworthy manner, people get sick, weak, and die. What happens if we take it in a worthy manner? Right? Strength, health, and wholeness. All right? We're going we're to partake in a worthy manner here in about, 11, about eight minutes here. Here we go. So. so how do you properly discern the body? I feel like I'm talking like an auctioneer here. People are like raising their hands bidding back there. Here we go. How do you properly discern the body? And so his blood was for the forgiveness of sins. His body was for the healing of our diseases. You guys ready for this? So most of us today, we don't have a problem understanding uh, that the blood was for forgiveness. The people actually applying it may be a different story. Let's look at Colossians 1.14 in the Passion Translation. For in the Son, all our sins are canceled. Oh, boy, that's good news. That's good news. Well, what, yeah, I'm not going to teach on that all again. For in the Son, all our sins are canceled, and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. That's properly discerning the blood, recognizing that all my sins are forgiven. God delights to treat me as if I was Jesus himself. That God is no longer dealing with you based on your behavior. He's dealing with you based on Jesus' behavior. This is the good news. You're not showing God your report card and he's rewarding you according to report card. You're showing him Jesus' report card and he's rewarding you as if you got those grades yourself. This is good news. So um, that's properly discerning the blood, knowing that we're forgiven, knowing that we will never experience the wrath of God. That's right out of uh, Romans 5, that we are completely right with God, that we can boldly come into his presence, that we can pray and know that he hears us. That's how you discern the blood, recognizing those things. Every time I'm taking this, I'm recognizing I have full access, no distance, no separation. 
Okay? But to discern the body, you have to know what it represents. The bread, which is Jesus' body, is for our healing. There's a story in the Old Testament of a Syrophoenician woman. She was a Gentile, so she was not a Jew. She was outside of the covenant at that time. The covenant was not made available for all people like the new covenant. And even though she, wasn't a, she knew she wasn't a Jew, but she recognized what the covenant had in it. So listen to the story in Mark chapter 7, verses 26 and 28. And I want you to see Jesus called healing the children's bread. Okay, ready for this? Um, verse 26, she was not Jewish, but a foreigner born in the part of Syria known as Phoenicia. She begged him repeatedly to cast the demon out of her daughter. This is a lady coming to Jesus. Verse 27, finally he said to her, first let my children be fed and satisfied, for it isn't fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She answered, how true is that, Lord? But even puppies under the family table are allowed to eat the little children's crumbs. Jesus is saying healing is part of the covenant. It's like this loaf of blessings, and each family gets a loaf, and just one little piece will get you completely healed. Jesus is saying healing is not just, uh, uh, healing is, he's saying, listen, healing is just for people in the covenant. You're outside the covenant. What does this lady respond to us? I recognize that I'm not part of the covenant, but even one little crumb of the covenant will heal me. What's Jesus doing? He's bringing her to this point of faith, and she recognizes just one little part of that covenant. But I want you to get this point. The whole loaf belongs to you. Healing is the children's bread. Jesus is like, my body, this is my body. I want you to think about this. Jesus' body was so soaked with healing that people were touching his clothes and getting healed. How much more if we partake of his body and not just touch his clothes? Matthew 26, 26, Jesus said this. As, this is Jesus sharing the last covenant meal with his disciples. As they ate, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body eat it. Okay? So I want you guys to get this. Um, the, uh, the blood is for the forgiveness of sins. The body is for the healing. The bread is for the healing of our bodies. Okay? So have you guys ever seen a, a matzah cracker? I think we've got them here today. A matzah cracker? Cracker. cracker. Oh, gee, I said that one bad. <laughs> it, was about two, it was about time for another YouTube blooper, so there we go. So the, uh, the ancient rabbis, they had a recipe for making matzah crackers. For This is what they would uh, have during the, uh, the, the Passover meal. They had a specific recipe. They said it had to be unleavened. So today we would say no yeast. It had to be unleavened. It had to be burnt. It had to be striped. And it had to be pierced. Literally, it was like God had them making the recipe of the Messiah. They were literally holding healing in their hands. Unleavened. It said that Jesus was, uh, leaven was a picture of sin in the Old Testament. And Jesus, the bread that they were eating in this covenant meal, he was without sin. It said it had to be burnt. Jesus was burnt with the wrath of God. So we, uh, when, when God poured out his wrath, it said, He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. So when God poured out his wrath on Jesus on the cross, he wasn't pouring it on his son. He was pouring it out on sin. Jesus became burnt with the wrath of God. It said it had to be pierced. It says he was pierced for our sorrows and our transgressions. Right? And so you can see the little... Can you see the little holes in here? You'll get to see them in a second. We're going to take it up close and personal. And they're all arranged in stripes. And it says, by his stripes, we are healed. Every time you hold this in uh, in communion, you're literally holding healing in your hands, representing the body of our Lord Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement or the punishment that brought us peace. And with his wounds or his stripes, we are healed. When we eat this bread, we're eating the body of Jesus, and we recognize this, this, this body paid for my healing. It becomes real to us, and we properly discern the body. 
The power is in the remembering, not in the eating. So many people get focused on, does this actually become the, the body of Jesus? Is it symbolically becoming the... I'll, I'll let smarter people discern that. The power is in the remembering, not in the eating. Do this in remembrance of me. We have to mix the eating and drinking with faith. Otherwise, it's just a cracker and some sour juice. I'm sorry, it's not going to be that great, okay? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 10, 16. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? I want you guys to see it's not just a, a piece of bread. It's not just a cup. There's a mystical reality that happens when we add our faith to it that what, happens with G, what happened on the cross becomes real to us through these symbols. All right, that was better than that. The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? There's a mystical way that we encounter Jesus through communion. And when I remember all those benefits that Jesus paid for, the forgiveness of my sins, the redemption, the, the wrath of God will never be upon me, that his body um, literally is healing. I'm taking him into me. The two become one. When I remember that, and all those benefits become real to me again. The stripes, the piercings, the, wrath, the burnt wrath of God, the sinlessness, the shed blood. And when I take it by faith, I'm partaking in a worthy manner. God made it a way for us to walk in divine health. I mean, literally, I said the disciples, they met daily, uh, partaking communion every single day. Uh, if, if, if sinful Israelite could walk in divine health, what were they, uh, what were they um, eating in the desert when they were walking in divine health? Remember, they were eating manna. Remember what Jesus said in John 6? That manna, that, that bread that they ate in the desert, it was me. What were they feasting on for divine health? The bread, Jesus what are we feasting on for divine health? The bread, Jesus. Is anybody getting any of this yet? <laughs> Guys, sinful Israel with an old covenant cannot walk in a greater level of blessing than new covenant believers. Somebody's got to look at this thing and say, so be it unto me, you paid for everything. So many Christians focus on food and exercise as the key to a healthy life. If I can just eat the Mediterranean diet, that's what Jesus ate. Listen, the majority of people that Jesus healed, they were all on the Mediterranean diet. Let's not focus on the Mediterranean diet as the way to be healed. Listen, I'm, I'm all for exercise. Maybe not so obvious. I'm all for eating healthy. It's wisdom. But don't put your trust in natural means. Our trust has to be in God to keep us healthy. Okay, and God has given us communion as a key to health and wholeness. All right? So to properly discern the body means that we will be sun conscious and not sin conscious. So I'm going to, um, in closing, oh, what's that? In closing? 1 Corinthians 11, let me read it to you again, uh, verses 27 through 32 in the Mirror Bible. I don't know if they had this version. Did they have this version? Oh, you are something else. That is great. Listen to the mirror. So this, this kind of says it so well. So whoever does not value the meaning of the bread and the wine keeps himself in condemnation. To see oneself associated in Christ's death and declared innocent in his blood is the only worthy manner in which to examine one's own life in the context of the new covenant meal. Anyone who partakes of this meal in an indifferent manner, either because of religious sentiment or merely being blasé about the meaning of the meal, eats and drinks judgment upon himself. The human body of Jesus represents the judgment of every single human life. To fail to acknowledge this is to deliberately exclude yourself from the blessing of the new covenant. This is the reason why many of you are suffering unnecessarily with weakness and illness, and many have already died. By judging that we indeed co-died in his death, we are free from any other kind of judgment. By discerning the broken body of Christ, we can only conclude that he was wounded for our transgressions and that indeed the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. 
This is the instruction of the Lord. What foolishness it would be to continue to place yourself and the rest of the world under judgment when Jesus already took all judgment upon himself. Amen. All right, that's good news. There's a story that comes from Scotland uh, when uh, the British were killing all the Christians. How many of you guys know Britain doesn't always have the greatest history? Probably the Britain here, okay? So, they, so um, they, there was this group called the Scotlanders, and they had, uh, the, or the Covenanters. There was a Scottish group called the Covenanters, and they had a real revelation of the covenant of, of, the, of Jesus. And so uh, anyone who did not practice in the way that the Church of England said, they were going to put him all to death. So Christians, were, they were gathering early in the morning, literally risking their lives to take the bread and the wine together. And so the British soldiers, the Redcoats, they were all over the Scottish hills looking for anybody moving in the hills, particularly early in the morning. And uh, the story uh, about this one girl, she was 12 years old. She's sneaking her way up the mountain, and the Redcoats grab her. Okay? She was on her way to the Eucharist, and they say, where are you going? Well, now she's got a choice. She can either lie to them, or if she tells them the truth, that uh, you know, several hundred people are going to end up dying. And so the soldiers say, where are you going? Okay? And she's, uh, she had just a really word of wisdom. Ready for this? She said, my older brother has died. I'm going to hear the reading of the will and declaim my part in the inheritance. Wow. What happens when you and I take the bread and the cup? Okay, you're taking your inheritance, which are the terms of the new covenant. Jesus said, this bread is my body, this cup is my blood. I'm not trying to figure out the, the, the science behind it. I'm just trying to embrace the mystery of it by faith. When we eat the bread and drink the cup, we are partaking the body of the Lord Jesus. The bread and the cup are symbols, but they release a spiritual power to us that uh, we can actually experience when we remember what Jesus has done for us. You guys ready to take the Lord's Supper? Yeah. Hmm? Hmm? All right, let's ask our uh, ushers, usherettes, anyone who's helping us come forward. And if we could just, um, if everyone could come and grab it, maybe go back to your seats and just hold it, and we're going to all take it together in kind of a special way. And no, we will not be feeding it to each other. All right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so just come on forward and, and get it. And if you're not able to uh, come forward, raise your hand, and we'll bring it to you. And if you're at home, boy, just grab a piece of bread. Grab some orange juice if you don't have grape juice. Just uh, anything symbolic, crackers, water. Just, uh, you can just take it symbolically with us.
Derek, can you make sure Dwayne gets it? I got it. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Is there anybody who did not receive some that wants to get some? You don't have to be a member of the church here to, uh, to do it. If you just, if you want to participate, you're able to. Here's how I want to take this. And so the original covenant meal was made back in Exodus 12. So God had made a covenant with his people, and he sealed the meal uh, with the Passover meal. And so they had uh, certain things that they did. And so one of the, I want you guys to stand for, for taking this. And here's the reason why. is they uh, Remember, they were about getting ready to be freed from the slavery in Egypt. And so they were to take a lamb, and they were to, uh, they were to inspect it for three days. And so if you remember, it was interesting. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem, they questioned him for three days, trying to find out if he was spotless. Remember what the, the guards uh, said about him? As they said, um, we can't find any fault with this guy. So Jesus was the lamb. He was inspected for three days. So they inspected the lamb for three days. And then each family in Israel was to barbecue one lamb. So it was one lamb per family. So um, scholars estimate about 250,000 lambs were being barbecued. Can you imagine Pharaoh sitting on his porch like, what is going on here? The smell of barbecued lamb. It was to be burnt, right? It was, it was representing the, um, the, the, the wrath of God against sin. And so they would slaughter the lamb, and they had these little plants called hyssop, and they would take them like a paintbrush, and they would paint the top, uh, they would paint the, the doorpost, the top of it, and all the way under. And as they entered it, if you remember, when they made the original covenant, they cut animals in half and, and put them in half, and they walked between the walls of blood. So you hear they were going into this house, and they were, they were literally like, were entered into the covenant, the, the blood walls. And it said they did, they did it in a certain way. And so they, they entered into the covenant, and they began to, what were they doing inside? They were feeding on the lamb, and they had to eat every single part. And if they couldn't eat all of it, maybe their stomachs were too small or whatever, they had to burn the rest of it. So they had to completely consume all of Jesus. And so it's interesting what happened. And they took it with expectation. It says they had to have on their sandals, their staff, and their belt, ready to leave at any moment, okay? I want us to take it in expectation, and I want you to see what happened when they did this. As they recognized they were in this wall of blood and covenant, as they were feasting on Jesus, some kind of miracle happened between them eating the lamb and them walking out where 100% of the nation of Israel was healed. Okay, here's what it says in Psalm 105. When they walked out, it says, none were feeble among them. Now, these were people who were under one of the most oppressive regimes, horrible conditions. You can only look at the, uh, the Egyptian paintings of what the slavery was like in Egypt. I mean, they're up to swamps in their waist, working all day, making bricks in the hot condition. I'm sure they were malnourished. They had lots of physical problems, but somehow them entering into covenant, feasting on the lamb, 100%, 2 million Jews, maybe 6 million Jews, walked out completely healed, none feeble among them. And so when you hold the bread in your hand, you're coming into touch with the greatest expression of the love of God. This made him endure cruel stripes on his back and caused him to subject his body to be beaten, bruised, and broken so that you could be whole. Don't ever say this sickness belongs to me. These are my migraines. This is my diabetes. It does not belong to you. Jesus took them so that you could be made whole. And when you partake and you're celebrating and release your faith, you're receiving that health and wholeness in exchange for your sickness. And so if you've got anything going on in your body, uh, I don't care if you're online watching this a year later, 
uh, or if you're here this morning, I want you to do this by faith. Remember we said you're actually participating in his death. Let's properly discern. Jesus, we thank you that you bore our sickness and carried our pain. And as we feast on the lamb, we feast on the bread of life, we recognize wholeness is available to us. Let's partake of the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just as this bread goes into our body, we recognize the reality of Jesus among us. Open up our eyes. When you drink this cup, you're reminded that the blood of the sinless Son of God did not just bring your forgiveness. He forever made you righteous, holy, and blameless. So when you come before God, he's not saying, I know what you did last summer. He's not pointing out your sin. He's recognizing you are mine because of what Jesus has done. So today you have perfect standing before the Father, and his ears are attentive to your softest prayer. Let's partake of the cup together. Jesus, we thank you for no distance, no separation, and no shame. You took it all for us so we can have a completely different kind of relationship with the Father. Amen. In our two minutes left, is it two? yeah, two minutes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get with two or three other people, and I want you to just say a, a one-sentence prayer for each other. Um, just whatever you kind of feel led to do. And if you, if you don't like praying out loud, just say, I'll take a pass, and I'm sure you'll be sitting by an extrovert here at Zion somewhere. And just, um, just say, Lord, I bless them with. Just whatever you Remember, you just sense they need wisdom, strength, health, healing, whatever it might be. And um, you guys have got 30 seconds for this. Keep going. Just whatever you want to pray out for them. Health, healing, wholeness, peace, prosperity, whatever they need. One sentence, short, brief, and powerful. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the bread. Lord, we thank you that your body was broken so we could be healed. We thank you for your blood, that we could have perfect standing before the Father. So make these things more real to us this year and this coming year. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, didn't our kids do good in service today? That's good. Our teams will be coming forward. If you'd like some extra prayer um, for healing, if you need an encouraging word, our teams would love to pray for you. Merry Christmas. We'll see you guys uh, next Sunday. And I'm going to take all the time that I saved this one, and I'm going to add it to next Sunday. No, I'm not going to.